How are you going? This is uh, Nathan and uh, Joel from Bondi Beach Radio. How are you? Awesome. Yeah, good, thanks. Um, so, uh, just letting you know, this is a, a pre-recorded interview for a show later on tonight. Um, cool. In case you're wondering. So anything you don't want to include, you can let us know. We can chop it up. It's fine. <laughs> Great. No worries. Sweet. Well, let's get started. You've got about 10 minutes, is that right? Yep. Great. All right. So, um, we just uh, were listening to... But for all these uh, shrinking hearts, and we read somewhere that it debuted at number two on the ARIA charts, uh, making it your highest album to date. Do you think this uh, means it means uh, this is your best album to date? Well, it's a, it's a tricky one. I mean, I think you know so that kind of commercial success doesn't always mean that, but in this case, I, I mean, I certainly feel like it's my best record and. Um, for me, you know, every time I put out a record, I want it to be better than the one before. Cause I, don't, I kind of don't feel like there's much point putting something out unless you're really, really fired up about it and feel, you know, emotionally invested in it and proud of it and, and that, it's, that it is a step up from the last thing you've done. So, yeah, I, I mean, I hope it does mean it's my best work. I, I certainly feel like it is, so, yeah. Yeah, how do you think you've changed, um, I guess, musically since uh, Memories and Dust in 2007 then? Uh, so, I mean, big changes, you know, I mean, it's, I think every facet of my life has changed, you know, musically and otherwise, but also the industry's changed massively and you have to kind of adapt with the time in terms of how you release things and, and what your, I guess, expectations are in terms of, um, you know, media support and stuff like that. So, yeah, when it comes down to just musically, though, I, I feel like the biggest thing that's changed about me is just, you know, developing my instincts as a songwriter and when you start out, you're just kind of fumbling around in the dark and, and latching on to things that you like. And then as you go along, you kind of realize that there are certain things that you, you know, maybe you keep returning to that you want to avoid, or there are certain things that you want to get back to that you haven't, uh, you know, you haven't found for a while. And so those things are actually really challenging because it's that, that is a, a very esoteric concept. So you really have to be, you know, really trusting your instincts as a creative person. And for me, I think that's the, the thing that's changed the most is just learning to trust my instincts a lot more. Yeah, right. I also, um, we sort of heard some, we felt like there was more sound on this album, um, and we read somewhere that it was sounds from an iPad, is that right? Yeah, some of them, yeah, there's a, there's like a sort of synth, a looped synth sound on um, one of the songs called There's a Line, and that was uh, just like an app on my iPad that I was mucking around with. Um, but in, in general, it's a, it's a, it's a, a denser record, there's a lot more arrangements, and you know, there's a lot more sort of filled out and fleshed out orchestral arrangements and stuff like that so and that was a conscious a conscious decision just again following my instincts and doing what was right for the song at the time yeah right cool and um do you think uh things have also changed maybe perhaps I heard, um we also heard you at um your own studio in your backyard which probably makes things um pretty convenient and fun oh it's awesome yeah it's the, it's the best i'm in there now and it's just yeah it's killer it's like everything's set up and ready to go all the time you know drum kit and piano and and all guitar amps and everything are just mic'd up and, and patched in and ready to go so I can just kind of record stuff whenever the inspiration strikes um, but it's also got like a, a movie screen and a PS4 and stuff down here so <laughs> it's a bit of an escape <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> sounds pretty sweet do you find that um, because it's so accessible for you that sometimes you need to branch out and find other ways to be creative if it's just down the yeah, road you know? I do. yeah that's a good question I think it's you know there's with, like with anything in, in life, you know, too much of 
a good thing can be, you know, can be negative. So yeah, I find that I need to kind of get out of this space every now and then and not necessarily go elsewhere to record, but just go elsewhere to, you know, chat to other creative people and get involved in other creative pursuits, you know, creative ways of thinking. And I've always found that, you know, the biggest thing that inspires me is just kind of, you know, engaging with other people that are, that are doing creative things and it doesn't have to be musical at all. But yeah, I mean, I'm down here by myself most of the time and so it's, it's necessary. I've realized it's necessary to get out and, and re-engage in the, in the wider world. Otherwise it's become a kind of quivering, uh, you know, insular nest. Yeah, right. And I guess one of those collaborations was the Sydney Symphony Orchestra this year. How was that? What, what was that like? That was amazing. And yeah, that was a, 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 a real true collaboration, that one, because it was, uh, you know, I don't read or write music. So, you know, having access to those musicians, I really wanted the arrangements to be amazing. We commissioned, um, I think it was 10 emerging or, you know, sort of mid-career um, uh, arrangers and composers to do the the arrangements of these songs and I really wanted them to be more like you know reinterpretation song and for these people to really kind of invest themselves in their creative output into it so there's these really wild pieces some of them just you know don't sound anything like the original song it's very very you know true collaboration and then to hear that performed um, and you know to perform alongside the Sydney Symphony Orchestra was amazing it was one of the one of the best things I've ever done I think yeah right that sounds awesome um, can you explain, Josh? Uh, we've, we um, were looking at the um, the cover art on your latest album. Um, it has this this old man uh, pushing, um, I guess this this wheel of uh, motion of some sort. Uh, do you, can you explain what that, is, that what that means or what that is? Yeah, well, that's a, an image. Uh, you know, it's a sort of visual representation of a story that I, I read about where uh, I think it was in the, the early 1900s. You know, people, scientists for forever have been trying to create it perpetual motion machine which is a, a machine that you know creates its own energy and 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 does so forever um and it's actually it's, it's impossible but people have tried all you know all throughout history and this guy in the in the 1900s called charles red heifer uh said that he'd made one and you know started charging people a bucket piece to come and look at it and then a skeptic came along and, and examined it and they discovered a, an old man upstairs was actually cranking a wheel and making the making the machine turn and, and yeah, even right. at that point he, he still claimed that it was it was real <laughs> and I just love the yeah, sort right. of delusional uh, idea of that you know people, basically with the powers that be you know government and you know the, the people in charge are telling us that everything's fine and society's ticking along just great mm-hmm. and you know everything's sustainable and it's all good but behind the scenes there's just these sort of bored old men cranking the wheel to keep everything going and it <laughs> yeah. just seemed like a really good metaphor for my general disillusionment with um you know particularly what the government was at the time that i was writing the record which is you know abbott's government and thank god he's he's gone true that true that yeah. mm. i have to ask you about this guitar boat you built mm. where did you come up with that idea and what was the who helped you build it i guess um it was the guy, it was, I used to be signed to a label called Ivy League, and the guy from Ivy League um, came up with this idea for a clip, and he's like, what, what do you think about this idea? You know, we'll build a guitar boat, and then you sail it around Sydney, and we'll film it. <laughs> and I was like, that sounds crazy, but yeah, cool, let's, let's do that. So we got um, uh, some set builders, you know, like you know, professional prop builders from movies 
to, to build an exact replica of the mate, the style of guitar, um, a mate and guitar that I play. And then, you know, they put an outboard motor on it and everything, and, um, yeah, it was a fully... fully they, they didn't just get a tinny and then whack some cladding around it. They actually built it from scratch, so it was like a fully functioning boat. Um, and, yeah, and then we just took it out in the harbour. It was, it was pretty wild. It was a long time ago now, but I still remember the, you know, the first... The first bit of it was really fun, and then <laughs> as like the two days went on, it was like it was pretty brutal out there on the harbour. With the they wouldn't let me wear sunglasses for some reason. So it was like <laughs> all the glares bouncing off the harbour into my eyes, and and um, you know it was a pretty bumpy ride as well. It was a flat bottom boat on on choppy Sydney Harbour, so it was like I went out almost out to the head. You know, it was pretty. Yeah. It was pretty wild. I guess the best part is that the entire time all of these issues that it's causing is it's, it's still a guitar boat, so you can't help but laugh, I guess. That's right, yeah, yeah, and it's, you know, it lives its legacy on um, on the internet. Every now and then I get somebody will post me, a, like somebody's turned an image of me on a guitar boat into a weird meme that has nothing to do with me or my music, <laughs> it's just an image that's sort of circulating on the internet, which is kind of cool, I guess, it's kind of weird as well, but yeah. Awesome. And um, can we uh, can we expect um, your psychedelic uh, rock side project called Bonkers to be released uh, anytime soon? Because we're looking forward to that as well. Um, I hope so. It's actually called Bolters. The guy oh, that wrote that interview right. uh, misheard me. Yeah, but right. yeah, it's called Bolters, which is the the, the the name that was given to um, bush rangers in in you know like in the sort of you know eighteen hundreds when they they bolt from. Um, from captivity and become bush rangers, and so that they were all called bolters. And yeah, so uh, you know, I still I record that stuff with my friend Dave, who's in a bunch of bands, um, you know, fairly often. And uh, yeah, I'd like to put something of that out sometime. It's just it's one of those things. It's kind of hard to to, to uh, find the time to put all these different things out into the world. But yeah, hopefully one day. Yeah, hopefully you hear it soon. And um, last question. Um, so what what are you listening to these days? Um, perhaps from Australia or elsewhere, or you know whatever. What's inspiring you um, for your creative work? Uh, musically, uh, a lot of different stuff. That Simpson Stevens album, uh, the most recent one, was amazing. There's a, an Australian guy called Packwood who I really love his uh, his work and his production. Um, I don't know if I'm inspired by Tame Impala, but I'm, I'm I don't know if I'm influenced by them. Sorry, but I'm definitely inspired by. Uh, Tame Impala, I love his, you know, his work. Or you know, the band, it's a band, but you know, it's basically one guy. And um, yeah, so there's a lot of that stuff. But the the stuff that really inspires me the most is just talking to people involved in creative pursuits. Like a friend of mine, actually a Bondi guy, um, started Garage Sale Trail uh, a few years ago, and and it's really blowing up and and expanding into other countries and. You know, chatting to people like that who have had a creative vision and seen it through is probably the most, the thing that inspires me the most. Um, and we have lots of creative, you know, really creative people in Australia, which is good. Yeah, it's a pretty good time at the moment for music in Australia. And I think, I mean, I guess we should talk about your upcoming shows. You've got Taronga Zoo and Melbourne Zoo and a couple other ones sprinkled around. Um, what's with the zoos? Was it just a, a, do you really like animals or what's the deal? <laughs> Uh, no, we just wanted to, I mean, those, those Twilight series are, you know, a really fantastic established um, event. And I did the, the Melbourne one the year before last, I think it was. It's just a great, a great thing to do. You know, it's a bit of a different audience for me. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I just wanted to make my tour this time a bit more like events rather than just going back around the country playing the same kind of venues and yeah. that I've 
always played. I wanted to base it around doing some more more type of um, you know slightly unusual event style shows. So that was the, the concept, and yeah, it's just expanded from there. And it's, it does contrast to your intimate gigs that you had this beginning of this year. You want to tell us a bit about yeah, that? Yeah, definitely. And these are you know these are full band shows as well on this next tour, which I haven't actually played with my full band for. Well, we've done a few festivals recently, but yeah, but prior to that been a couple of years since I've done full band shows so yeah that'll be fun as well anyway, it's been great to talk to you Josh um, anyway thanks for coming on the show and I guess good luck for your upcoming uh, shows and tours yeah thanks a lot man thanks for having me alright take care cheers